The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Jonathan Dowdle, the state's key witness during the trial of Gerard Hutch, has been accepted into the witness protection programme despite Hutch's acquittal. So, Hutch is, uh, is still reported to be in Dublin and Dowdle is serving his four year prison sentence. But what will the state be providing for its key witness, who is a proven liar at this point? And what are Jerry the Monk Hutch's next moves likely to be? I'm joined on the line by investigations editor with the Sunday World, Nicola Talent. Nicola, good morning. Good morning. Now, first of all, let's talk about Jerry Hutch. Uh, he's still about the town. It is reported. I don't know whether there uh, have been many sightings of him. What's he up to? Yeah, he's in around the north inner city where I work. He's uh, visiting relatives. I think he's probably just meeting his friends. Um, I'm sure he has a little bit of administration to do if he is headed abroad, which I imagine he is. I don't think he's going to be hanging around Dublin for too long. He hasn't been living here really for you know, a number of good number of years, more than a decade at this stage. So, um, yeah, he's just doing a bit of business. Yeah. And I'm now, sure he, he obviously feels uh, secure, Nicola, in that he won't be nabbed, arrested and charged with something else. Well, for the moment, yes, he seems to. And uh, he's certainly not running. He's, um, you know, he's a bit of a victory for him, really, the other day to be walking free from that court. He denied the, his guilt and... Uh, the court agreed that he wasn't guilty. So, look, he, he also, there was something at the end of the court in the middle of the mayhem that started, but he was looking for some items back from police, I think they said, but I imagine it's from the prison. So, you know, he probably has some personal items, maybe a wallet, mm. watches, maybe jewellery that's important to him. And uh, Possibly they have his passport. You know, I, I'd say he definitely needs to get a couple of things tied up and sorted out before he goes and um, his legal team I'm sure he needs to to finalize things with them as well so that's as much as I know he's doing he is out and about and you know the look if you're working in the north inner city the hutches are always about like yeah. they're part and parcel of it's it's their community you know and um, so um and I think his brother is Patsy is about as well as he always has been really um there's security, there always is. The threat to both of them remains critical. It hasn't gone away. And if anybody if anybody from the Kinahan organisation or side or certainly the management area of that organisation could get anywhere near either of them, they wouldn't miss a chance. Mm. Having said that, they've lived with this critical threat for seven years now. And people do live with threats. They get used to living with 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 threat to life it's you know impossible for most of us in the normal world to imagine what that's like but they do and um you know patsy has survived a number of assassination attempts mago gately another uh, associate of theirs mentioned during the court case has survived uh, a number of assassination attempts as has the monk so they just learn to live different than the rest of us um, it must be extremely uncomfortable having a massive trans-global cartel worth billions wanting you dead. But um, human beings learn mm. to live with lots and, of things. Uh, you know, the notion that, that uh, whatever about the verdict of the court which acquitted him of the specific crime of being a shooter in the Regency Hotel murder, um, the judges may, you know, indicating that the Hutch family is a, a family gang uh, and have responsibilities for uh, their side of the feud, if you like, uh, and mm. ultimately what happened at the Regency. 
uh, and Patsy can, you know, walk about with impunity. But he's not only walking about with impunity, he has had a guard of car sitting outside his house since February 2016, two officers in it, 24-7, quite extraordinary. Every time I go past, I still get a shock that it's still there. Now, that situation was created again by the state. And who is going to say, pull it at this point? That's always the problem when they give somebody security like that. That's like what a Taoiseach or an ex-Taoiseach would have. Mm. Um, who's going to say pull it? Yeah, because if anything then should follow on some harm come to uh, Patsy Hutch, uh, you know, the person who pulled yeah. the plug is going to have the finger pointed at them. Uh, all exactly. right, so and, and and people who make that decision are in, in very comfortable jobs and they don't like making good decisions. So, uh, you know, the taxpayer continues to pay for that. How much is that costing? How much has that cost in seven years? That alone. And, and I mean, this is the situation we're in. This is how ludicrous this situation is, that we have a full-time guard security, essentially, on Patsy Hutch, the man who's been named as the guy pretty much who organised, had control of the weapons and went in and uh, did that regency. They named by, by that judgment and that his brother came in and sort of tried to, to clean things up afterwards. Yeah, and the so state obviously having uh, had been bruised, shall we say, by uh, their experience in the Special Criminal Court would want of every T crossed and every I dotted before they'd have another go. Yes, and I mean, there's there's that situation, but there's also the situation with Diddle and, you know, the complexities of moving him through this witness protection program because the witness protection program actually is in place to protect witnesses that are due to give evidence and this is all backwards because he gave evidence at a time when uh, a senior member in crime and security was brought into the court to tell him he was still under assessment for the program and his performance in the witness box wasn't going to change the outcome of that essentially so he's given his evidence he ain't going to be called again to any court of law because he's been completely and utterly uh, written off as a witness. And yet still, he's in prison. And until he gets out of prison, he can't be relocated. His family are under protection. Um, and there's this big, complex situation with his house. That house will have to be sold. He, while witness protection isn't embodied in legislation in this country, which is another big problem, uh, and that has been let go on since the first time it was used when Veronica Guerin was, was murdered. It was used on the Gilligan gang. And um, we have a situation that uh, he will have to be given essentially, you know, you, you transfer a witness to a new jurisdiction with a new identity, but they're essentially set up the way they left off. So he isn't a guy that's been on the dole and is simply going to move from one social welfare system to another. He is somebody who owns a fabulous big house on the Navan Road, which is done up to within an inch of its life. Certainly before uh, he was arrested, there was quite a few nice cars sitting in the driveway. Um, and, you know, the family were educated. Some of them were also in jobs. There's, I think, is there four um, offspring, a wife and his father. They're all going. Uh, and, you know, we have to pay for that.
It's extraordinary. I understand maybe why, uh, you know, he was given the comfort of knowing that irrespective of how he testified uh, that uh, he would get it. I understand it because that was trying to get around uh, something and it didn't work because uh, it was to to maybe make his testimony not dependent on witness protection guarantees that he had it anyway. It was in the bag. Um, You know, no matter what he testified, the assessment would go ahead. Uh, but yet, um, as Justice Tara Burns made uh, reference to the fact that because he stood to gain from all of this, his evidence was utterly unreliable. Yeah, and like she went back to the appeals, I think it was, from the Gilligan case, which is something I had referenced before myself. Because if you look at that, if you read that judgment, that state states that when there is somebody who's in joint enterprise in a crime, which, of course, Dowdall was because he's pleaded guilty to his role in the Regency, that you do need corroborating evidence, which there wasn't. There just wasn't any. It was just his word on these things. So it's clearly stated in law uh, that he couldn't be believed on his own. Yeah. Um, without the, the corroborating the, the, evidence. I mean, it's just flabbergasting the whole thing, really. Every which way you turn with it, there's... Um, it, it looks like... Something in, very... Yeah. Uh, just something very incompetent. A, la- a lack of rigour and all of that in in all of this. Um, the, the, the witness protection programme, though, uh, you say it doesn't have any kind of legislative basis or any transparency... That needs to be fixed. You know, the conditions under which someone can enter witness protection, uh, you quoted to us uh, systems in other jurisdictions whereby if you're going to get witness protection, you have to fess up to everything you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Or the deal is off. So, like, if you consider Dowdall, when he came sort of, you know, when it was a sort of, a, 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 we knew he was going into witness protection, he was going to give evidence. He's in danger there from that moment on. And from that moment on, the balance of power shifts into the hands of the state, really, because he is nearly, you know, he has basically outed himself to all his, his, you know, the Hutch gang, with him in particular. It was the Hutch gang, the Kinahan gang, and the dissidents. He couldn't have actually created more enemies. He had nobody left. Um, So he is in the hands of the state as such. And if legislation was in place, that's really when the state should become empowered with him as a witness. But instead, there isn't. So he went into the witness box, he lied through his teeth, and he refused to admit any of his own involvement in anything. Um, So he came across as an absolute liar, somebody who could never be trusted. And now we're paying paying for his bed and board and his families for the duration, forever. Exactly, because we don't have it nailed down. It's too loose, that witness protection programme. And anybody who ever tries to criticise it or talk about it is put back in their box and told it's a matter of state security. There's no transparency whatsoever. And I know all this, Pat, because I did a lot of work on this in the past and I worked with Joey O'Callaghan on the witness. He was in the witness protection programme himself. So I do know a little bit about this. And I do know what it's like to be stonewalled when any questions are asked. There's a professor in Maynooth at the moment and he's doing his doctorate around the Witness Protection Programme in Ireland and the fact that it isn't enshrined in any legislation. Um, And that'll be a very interesting piece of academia and perhaps that might 
go some way to, to, to create change. And Nicola, thank you very much for joining us. Nicola Talent, Investigations Editor with The Sunday World. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.